0: Hello, my dear church boys, and welcome to St. Robert's Day Game Pickup Podcast, episode number 38. And today I want to talk about the magic of BDSM. I've spoken about this topic in some lay reports, I've touched upon it in some podcasts. I did an episode, a really long podcast episode, with Flame Hell, who runs a BDSM dungeon in Riga. And what I keep seeing again and again over the years, I see questions from guys about BDSM and it's a few, I know that a few guys are interested in it. Not, not most of you, but the guys who are interested, they keep asking the questions. They, they keep uh, trying to figure it out. And I see they keep struggling with the topic. So I thought what would be the best topic, to talk about to get guys into their first BDSM adventures. And in my opinion, that's scene planning. And scene planning is what I wanna talk about today. Scene planning means before you're meeting a girl for some play, for some BDSM play, scene planning is where you put create a scenario, what you will do with the girl or to the girl. Sometimes it starts with something simple and then it's going to escalates to more hardcore stuff but it's a written out plan for the evening. Many people who are just starting to dabble around in BDSM don't think about it that way. They don't understand scene planning, they don't think it's important. Some girls don't understand it if they haven't been in BDSM for longer time or or deep enough but I think scene planning is what can make or break an experience with a girl and you know those texts that you get from a girl after sex where she texts you oh my god this was incredible every time we meet it's just unbelievable that it's so different every time and it's always amazing. Uh, If you don't know what I'm talking about, then this podcast is definitely for you because to get such texts, I think that the easiest way to get such texts is to kind of know in advance what you will do with the girl or to the girl, however you want to look at it. It actually comes from a song of Marilyn Manson. He sings, I won't do it with you, I'll do it to you. And I think it's a beautiful way kind of look at bdsm i have kind of noticed that a lot of guys with a really strong frame are often into bdsm and quite a lot of day gamers are into bdsm and i like it for one extra reason when i talk to girls i understand that what i hear from girls is they're complaining about the sex they're having with their boyfriends with their exes with guys they're banging that it's it's just soft and they just want to be choked they want to be fucked harder they want to be spanked they want more aggressive sex they not even just more aggressive sex they are into bdsm or Rather a lot of many, many girls are curious about BDSM, but they haven't had the experience to actually be someone's play partner. So demand for guys who are into BDSM and are able to play well with the girl, demand is very, very high. Girls are very interested in the stuff, many girls. And at the same time, the supply is extremely low. There are so few guys that are into BDSM and that are, I don't know, uh, I'd also say confident enough to experiment with it and actually do some BDSM stuff because uh, you have to be very confident about, about what you're doing because if you are insecure and just your hands are shaking and you don't know what you're doing. The scene, the evening, it's, it's not going to be that great. So, the demand is very high. The supply is very low. And I think it's a, if you are interested in things like that, it's a great thing to explore. And in this episode, I will give you kind of a starter guide to BDSM. I, I want to give you everything you need. If you've never ex- Explored the BDSM online and haven't read too much about it. I want to give you the basics of the basics so you can meet one of your regulars and uh, try out some more interesting stuff for the first time. But before we get into it, let me just uh, tell you a few things. First of all, you guys know that I put these podcasts out like once a week, once once in two weeks. It really depends on how much time I have uh, between uh, coaching students. And let's be honest, this week I've spent having uh, way too many crazy adventures and finally getting a day game lay after all this COVID thing started, because I've I've had a few lays uh, since COVID started, but this was the first day game lay. I didn't go out in the beginning and I did like I don't know didn't even do many sets to get the like uh, so when I'm free I do these podcasts once a week or once in two weeks uh, but uh, on the on the if there is if there are smaller things I want to get out to the world that I want to send to the guys like some tips some tricks some ideas maybe some crazier more interesting lay reports then I do that mostly either in the mailing list or I do that in our Telegram Day Game Church group chat where we have over 160 guys from all over the world. So if you want to know more about the stuff that's going on and get more information, tips and tricks and ideas, then make sure you are signed up for our mailing list at strobert.blog, which is strobert.blog. And you will get the access to the mailing list and also you will receive a link to join our Telegram, group chat, where you can chat with other day gamers from all over the world. Plus there sometimes is content that I'm uh, working on and I will first release it to the mailing list and to the group chat and uh, only after a while I'll release it to the general public. So if you want to be sure to get the content first, like some extra videos and extra tips and uh, online courses then make sure you are on the mailing list. And the second thing is I am still in Riga, but I'm kind of getting bored here. So I'm already checking out when the borders will open up and I will go to a very nice, very beautiful city in Europe, which is also very good, very interesting for day game. It's not as over gamed as Prague and some other places in Europe. And I don't want to tell which city it is just because I don't want too many guys go there, but I'll have a few students there. They are booked uh, already. We don't have the dates yet because we don't know when the borders will open up. But as soon as the borders open up there, I'll go to this beautiful city for a month. And since I'll be there for a month, I have two, two students lined up there and I will take one more student there. So if you're interested in that, then uh, let me know as soon as possible. And after that, I will spend the rest of the summer just uh, traveling around Europe and uh, going to different cities. Basically, depending on where I will have coaching students and what cities I'll be interested in, I'm definitely interested in going to St. Petersburg, Russia, but I don't think in the following, like, it will be a bit more than, it will take a bit longer than than the Europe for the Russia to open up. So I don't, I don't know when that will happen, but if you're interested in going to this beautiful city, which is great for day game for coaching, then uh, let me know, send me an email to robert at saintrobert.blog and I'll send you more details. With that being said, let's get down to the scene planning. So what exactly is a scene? Before I meet a girl for play, if i know that it's not just gonna be sex but it's gonna be something a bit more interesting what i will do i will sit down on the same day earlier probably in the morning and i will open uh, just a notepad and i will think about what i want to do with this girl when i meet her how will it start what will be the sexual like things that bring pleasure from from like a positive pleasure, from sex that I'll do and what will be the things, the painful stuff that I'll do that will bring pleasure from the pain, how I will play with both of those things, how I will mix them up in which sequence and why. And that's basically scene planning, writing down a plan for the evening, making sure I have all the tools that I need, all the accessories and ropes, whatever, Making sure uh, I have all the necessary equipment, that it's clean and it's ready for play, etc., etc., etc. Being completely prepared and plan- planning completely for the evening. When you don't know how to plan a scene, then first of all you don't have a plan, and you just are doing something. You're just doing random things. You're like having sex, then you're spanking her, then you are, I don't know, maybe having sex and spanking her again than like spanking her with a belt but like you are kind of unsure about what to do and what could be the next best thing to do. And don't get me wrong, it can still be very nice. You can still uh, get some good spanking in. you can still have good sex and it might still be a great evening for both you and a girl but in a, in a scale of one to 10, the highest you will get, go in that way, I think, is a seven. If you haven't planned for an evening, or unless you're really, really experienced in BDSM, but this isn't the podcast for really experienced, this, this podcast episode isn't for the really experienced people. Uh, so without, without having a plan, it's really, really hard to have a really, really good night with a girl. Whereas if you think about it a little bit more, then you know that the, there is the first thing you will do and that first thing will bring the girl to a certain state that you want to bring her to. Uh, let's say like arouse her a little bit, then you will do some other thing which will bring her to another state. Let's, uh, then you know, okay, I'll do this next thing, this next thing, and you're thinking about how those things are connected together and how they change the state the girl is in what kind of an experience are experience are you having with the girl is it an experience where you kind of she knows you are thinking about both of you about how she feels about how you feel or maybe it's an evening where you have deliberately structured it so that she knows you don't give a fuck about how she feels. And this is an evening where you are using her as, you can use the term sex slave or, or whatever. You're just doing whatever the fuck you want to the girl. And those two scenarios where you are either thinking about both of you or using her as a sex slave, those are very, very different scenarios. It will be a very very different experience for you and for the girl if with the first uh, option or, or the f- like the first scenario where you are kind of thinking about both of them you can kind of do that without planning yeah okay and get it to like a level of seven out of ten if you're really good at it then it's much harder to have a really well It's it's harder to have a good evening where you use her as a sex slave without really thinking about what it is that you want to do and how you want to structure it so that you get out of the evening whatever it is that you want to get out of it. A perfectly planned evening can bring a girl to a state where she kind of doesn't, she isn't here anymore. You, you brought her senses and everything else to such a level that she isn't fully able to communicate. I've had a girl... Uh, in the end of the evening tied to a table without... she wasn't able to speak. All she was able to do was make some animal noises like the growling and she, she wasn't she wasn't even able to speak and and walk or, or, or anything else at the end of the night. But uh, that's some hardcore shit and you shouldn't try to go there when you are just starting out. But I'm just explaining the importance of scene planning and what it can bring into your sex life. Let's make one thing clear. Uh, I am no expert in BDSM. I don't wear leather pants and makeup when banking checks. I'm nowhere near that level. And right now I'm not even interested in getting to that level because honestly the, the world with all the, all the stuff that people in the scene are wearing, it, it, it doesn't really click, click, click with me. I, I'm not there. I don't know whether I want to be at that level. I'm just a guy who likes to have good sex and sometimes prefers to be very controlling. And I, I want to make sure both of us are having a great time. I love getting those texts from chicks after you have a night with them. And uh, I've checked that after every, every time after we meet, she sends me a text explaining how this was incredible and a whole new level, and I just love those things. But I also know that the regular sex is often really boring to me and I just don't do it that much. If I'm with if I a check on a date and I know that the date, the sex will be just a regular boring ass sex, and she won't be up to anything interesting, I will not even sleep with her, uh, especially if she's someone I see as someone I just want to sleep once. Because even if she's shy and she's not into crazier stuff, I know a lot of checks can be opened up to the ideas and to the experiences of BDSM. But if I see that I'll sleep with her once and it, it will be shitty, then why even why even bother and do that? If she's really 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 hot and I'm pretty sure I wanna sleep with her more than once, then yeah, okay, I, I might uh, have a chilled out first time and then kind of build it up and see where we can take it. With all of this being said, let's get down to scene planning. And obviously there are different ways you can do this. I've heard about different approaches, but this is the approach that is uh, simple yet very effective. And I started from this approach. I I am still using this approach. And I think it's uh, just really an amazing way to start your experience in BDSM. And I call this approach the pleasure and pain pyramid. When you are having your BDSM play at night, you might do a lot of things that bring uh, pleasure, uh, as as in sexual pleasure. Like let's let's do, let's call it pleasure and pain, like two things. Pleasure as in positive experiences, like sex or going down or getting a blowjob or whatever, and the pain would be the painful stuff. Pain can bring pleasure as well, but just for the simplicity of the podcast and to make it easier for me to explain, let's just divide those things into separate things. So pleasure and pain. You might spend a lot of time doing things that bring pleasure or you might just straight go into the stuff that brings pain. Um, and you might spend like half of the night in one pleasure and then half of the night in pain and it's kind of messy and, and it doesn't really get you anywhere. Well. The pleasure and pain pyramid is really fucking simple Uh, and look at it as a reverse pyramid where you start with something, you can start with pleasure or pain, it doesn't really matter. Let's start with something uh, that brings pleasure. You do something simple that brings pleasure. It doesn't have to be hardcore, it doesn't have to be anything aggressive including like attaching a magic wand or anything like that that's for later but you start with simple things maybe it's simply fingering maybe it's going down on a check Uh, maybe it's uh, if you know what deliberate orgasm method is well that's a that's a great thing to start an evening with uh, by the way, yeah, there's a discussion about the going down on the girl. Is it even BDSM? Oh, well, I don't give a fuck about the discussion. I'm not talking in this podcast episode with hardcore BDSM. I, I'm, start, I'm talking about how to make your evenings more interesting. So let's say you start with something simple like fingering or let's say going down on a girl and then you do that for a bit. She is turned on and then you go to the opposite spectrum. You started from a little bit of pleasure and then you move to a little bit of pain. And let's let's say you turn her over, you put her in a doggy style position and you caress her ass a little bit with your hand and you spank her, I don't know, a few times, like however many times you want. Make sure you don't spank her just on one side, even it out. Do like I don't know, like left and right, left and right, or few on one side, then few on the other side. Yeah, make sure it's pretty even. Uh, So you had a bit of pleasure, then you had a little bit of pain, and then if you look at the inverse pyramid it gets, the, uh, the the sides of it, they get just broader and broader, further away one from another. So if you started with a little bit of pleasure and then you went to a little bit of pain, the next step, you go to the other side of the pyramid, you go to a little bit more pleasure. So let's say you started with fingering or you started with, with going down on a the girl, then you might do a thing that's called deliberate orgasm method. DO method. You can google that or you can uh, get the book of Tim Ferriss uh, for Our Body and he has a whole chapter about improving your sex life from adjustments to sexual positions and also this DO method explained very well. I like uh, his explanation of the method more than a lot of the stuff I found online. So let's say you did the first thing, then you did the spanking, then you did the DO method, which is just so that you understand why would you learn that. Uh, I've had a case where a girl had out-of-body experience while I was doing that stuff to her. And then you move to the other side of the spectrum again, You go, you move to the pain. So first you were spanking her with a bare hand. Uh, what I would often do, I have a box of uh, late, black latex gloves. Uh, I would take a black latex glove, I would put it on and instead of spanking her with a bare hand, I would spank her with a latex glove. Uh, you can try it on your own leg for the feeling to understand that the feeling is much more intense. It's, it's uh, much uh, stronger when you have the glove on. So you had a bit of pleasure, a bit of pain, more pleasure, more pain and then what do we do next? Again, we go to the other side of the spectrum, we go to the pleasure, we go to more pleasure. Let's say at this point you are having sex. So you fuck her a little bit, uh, nothing too hardcore, just regular like just don't go hardcore because still we're just, just a little bit of pleasure. It's not. It's like the average amounts of pleasure, let's say 4 out of 10 in, in how hardcore you could go. Boom, you did that and you move again to the other side of the spectrum. You go to the pain. At this point you might, uh, depending on what you have in your black box, which we'll talk about a bit later, you might take uh, belt. You might spank her with the belt or belt is pretty hardcore. Maybe you might take a flogger if you have one. Floggers are an amazing tool. I really like tr- floggers. They can be made from very different materials and in a very different ways so they can be very soft or very hardcore. What I have is I have two floggers that I made myself. One of them is made from rope. So it's a rope flogger and with the rope flogger you can be really soft because rope is a pretty soft material. But at the same time you can be pretty hardcore with it as well. So if you have a flogger go with the flogger, if not go with the belt. Uh, Then you will see that each time you level up the pleasure or the pain she reacts better and better and better. And uh, next you again are going to the pleasure and uh, at this point it might be some more serious fucking with a lot of choking. Um, You do that a bit and boom, you go to even more painful stuff. Maybe it's uh, more serious spanking with the belt. Maybe it's, maybe you have some other tools like a paddle or I don't know, you shouldn't start with a cane, I think. <laughs> it's a pretty serious stuff. Uh, but whatever you have in your equipment, just go to the next level. And you keep ramping it up. You do the pain thing, then you go to the pleasure thing. At this point, you might involve some toys. Uh, I have a thing called Doxy, which is... Uh, well, a lot of, many of you probably know this oversized huge vibrator that doesn't operate on batteries but has to be plugged in, Hitachi Magic Wand, which was originally designed uh, for relieving muscle tension. <laughs> but uh, Nina Harley pretty soon, I think it was Nina Harley who pretty soon started doing porn with the thing and understood, damn, you can do so much more with this thing. If you have that, it's an incredible thing you can play with, with a girl in on the pleasure side. It's just incredible. And I don't know, it, you can do pretty hardcore stuff with it. Most girls will like it. Some will be a little bit too sensitive for it, but well, will go explore, learn, and just have some fun. And you keep rank, ramping up the pain and the pleasure and the pain and the pleasure and uh, yeah, some of the more hardcore stuff you can do from the pain. But this is really, really serious. You should not do this on the first times you play. You should learn how to work with the belt or whatever it is you have. You should understand the risks of wrapping up. what Because whenever you hit a girl with something, it can wrap around her body and that can cause some serious tissue damage. So be careful. I've done things like mobile phone charging cables, which are really, really hardcore, leave crazy marks, or crazy painful. Um, Just start with this framework and when you sit down to plan your scene, you have the framework, you have the reverse pyramid of pleasure and pain. You start with a bit of pleasure, then a bit of pain, more pleasure, more pain, more pleasure, pleasure, some more pain, and then you go to hardcore pleasure things and hardcore pain things. Um, obviously, you can incorporate things like deep throating, like really throat fucking her. Uh, I would put that on. I wouldn't put that on the pleasure side. <laughs> I would put it on the on the on the pain side if it's if it's hardcore it's not like it's painful but it's it's not something you do for her pleasure so play with this framework and to make things really really simple i might give you a really simple pre-planned scene you can use with any girl on the first time so you don't have to plan it out for yourself so let's let's start with the thing that i told like let's say you start with going down on the chick uh, and then you might turn her around and on uh, that painting you might spank her with the bare hand then again uh, you do the deliberate orgasm method for I don't know like 10 minutes or whatever Uh, then boom turn around take the rubber glove uh, latex glove spank her some more Uh, then again more pleasure you start fucking her Um, When you stop fucking her and then you go again to the pain, you can either continue with the rubber glove and spank her much harder with the rubber glove. Uh, See how she reacts, how well is she able to take uh, some spanking at that moment. Then again go to some more hardcore fucking. Afterwards go to the pain, get your belt out, spank her with the belt, see how she reacts to it, make sure it's not too hardcore. Uh, But don't do stupid things like asking her during the play uh, Oh, wasn't it too strong? I'm sorry. Yeah, because a lot of girls complain about that. Guys spanking them once and asking. Oh, sorry sweetie, wasn't it too much? After you spank her with the belt. uh, Yeah, you can either take some toys if you have magic wand or if you have Doxy you can take that. By the way, I I really suggest buying that shit. It's just incredible. Uh, And uh, you could use toys while fucking her for a while, and then go and do some really hardcore spanking. Whether it is a belt, I think yeah, you should stick to the belt. I don't think think things like canes or whips, like the real whips, or anything with knots on the end of it. I don't think it's a good idea when you're learning. You can really uh, fuck someone up with that, so you have to understand what you're doing before you start using that. Uh, And on the pleasure and uh, yeah that's a basic scene and you can use a simple scene like this as an example. Uh, Whenever you don't know what to do just use this one. Uh, You can rewind and write that shit down so you have like a scene you can use always. Make sure that if you played with the girl then don't kick her out of your apartment as soon as you came. Yeah it doesn't work like that. Uh, if uh, you played with someone, they are in a pretty, they are in a interesting space where they definitely will need some taking care of afterwards. Whether it's just chilling out, cuddling or whatever. But if you get a girl to, uh, it's called subspace, if you, if you get her to that, that really hardcore subspace where she's completely submitting to you, then you come and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, get the fuck out. Uh, really really bad Uh, you can be sure she will most likely never be back and uh, you will have a bad reputation in uh, the BDSM community if you are trying to get in the community or if you are part of the community so definitely don't do that spend some time with the girl after you're done playing and another thing thing worth mentioning don't think that While it's pain, it's just pain, and you're not doing anything nice to the girl. Or when it's pleasure, you're just focusing on the pleasure, and you're you're just soft and nice. No, it's not like that. When it when it's the pleasure, when it's let's say when it's pleasure time, you are still you can still choke the girl. You can actually see how she reacts to slapping. This is one thing that I love doing. I will start with so I will be fucking a chick. I will be choking her then I will move my hand up from her neck to kind of holding her jaw and then at one point I will just slap her I'm not talking like bitch slapping like an iceberg slim book which just give her a slap and see how she reacts to it I've had only a few cases where a girl didn't like it in most cases they did and I sometimes give my girls writing tasks, I make them write uh, essays on some stuff. And I recently gave a girl I've been seeing for around two years uh, a writing task to write about the best uh, night we've had. So she had to write a one-page essay on her laptop about the best night we've had. And she wrote about three separate experiences how and why each one of them was uh, so so special and so important and uh, she said the best feeling was when I first slapped her face uh, she felt so used at that moment that it put her to to it immediately put her into an incredibly submissive state where she just loved being used So experiment with choking, slapping, you can slap her face, you can slap her tits, you can, I don't know, slap her pussy, whatever. Just experiment and see how girls react to it. It's just like day game, you you won't know what to do when you start doing it. When you first time go in a set, when you first time go to talk to a girl, well it's awkward and you're just approaching anxiety. And you kind of open and you do the stack and you don't know how to wipe, you don't know how to story tell, but the more you do it the more fluent you become in day game and it's the same with BDSM. The more you do it, the more fluent you become in it. Also let me remind you that this, what I've been explaining to you, it's a pretty soft, pretty nice form of BDSM. This. This isn't too hardcore, but I think this is a great point to start from and then you can venture into way crazier sides of BDSM if you discover that that's where you want to go. And it would not be a BDSM podcast if we would not talk about BDSM safety. Safety is a really important thing in BDSM. Maybe it's less important when you're doing some really soft and nice things, but the more hardcore you go, the more dangerous it becomes, especially when it comes to things like uh, bondage. Because bondage in, can be dangerous. And if you do some spanking that's more than spanking with a hand, although you can get you can damage People, you can fuck people. You can fuck people up pretty bad just with your bare hand, but uh, anything that's spanking-related, which is more than a few light slaps, is is definitely. It can be dangerous, and you should definitely learn or at least understand safety in bondage. Why? Because I've had. stupid experiences. I've had a girl who was tied up with her hands behind her back. She was on the sofa with hands tied behind her back. I've had a girl like that fall off the sofa and that's really 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 bad. Shit like that can end really bad. There was a table right next to us so imagine if she is falling down from that sofa, hits her head on the table if you've seen million dollar baby then you know how that can end up. So, let's have that conversation. Let's talk about BDSM safety because that is very very important. If you damage if someone if you injure someone in the play, it's your responsibility. And first let's talk about two most common ways to look at BDSM safety. If you don't follow either of them or some other model then I don't think it's a smart thing for you to be involved in BDSM at all. BDSM can be very dangerous. People do die during BDSM play. If I'm not mistaken the number one reason or the number one cause of death death in BDSM play is uh, when a girl gets strangled accidentally just because a rope got too tight so obviously you should never ever tie a rope around girl's neck or if she has a collar around her neck you shouldn't tie anything to the collar uh, or at least Like you should be really 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 careful about that. So the two ways to look at BDSM Safety and you can google that. The first one uh, is a very safe. It's uh, it's called SSC safe 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 sane and consensual and You are basically thinking about a few questions. The thing that you're going to do is it safe to do is it sane thing to do? Like, would a normal person do this? And do we consent? Do we both consent to doing this? Well, SSC or safe, sane, and consensual basically means if it's dangerous, you don't do it at all. That's one way people look at BDSM, uh, and there are people who like to play that way. It's very, it's, it's well, it's kind of safe. The question is, are you sure it's safe? Uh, For example, you might do some bondage and you might not know that there are some risks involved in bondage. Uh, I recently heard about a case where a girl did, uh, I think she did a suspension with one guy and damaged one of his nerves. And yes, sometimes in bondage mistakes happen and injuries happen. And It's, I wouldn't say fairly common, but things like having a numb arm or like an arm that's not working at all for an hour or for a day. Yeah, shit like that happens. That guy had that problem for a month. So he he had no arm for one month just because of nerve damage. So uh, a beginner might not know about a risk like that and might think it's safe, sane and consensual to do it. Uh, so it, it, this involves exploring the risks, making really sure it's safe. So SSC is one of the ways to look at it. And risk-averse consensual kink or rack is another way to look at safety in BDSM. Risk-averse consensual king basically means you are risk, uh, risk-averse, risk I'm sorry, risk-averse consensual king, not risk-averse. So it means you are aware of the risks. For example, whenever you use alcohol when playing, you understand that the risk is way higher for bad things to happen. Many people don't use alcohol when they are playing uh, or doing anything anything BDSM related. I am not one of those people. I do mostly drink some wine. So I don't think, if you drink, I don't think it's safe, sane and consensual. <laughs> I think it automatically moves to risk over if you understand the risk. So it basically means, um, let's say you are doing some hardcore thing and you know that there are risks involved in that thing. You know there might be some tissue damage, you, you know that there m- might be bruises for, for several weeks which is pretty serious, but uh, you both understand it and you're both okay with it. So that means you're both risk-averse and you consent to doing those activities even though they are risky. So it's really simple. Either you know the risks and you don't do the risky things in which way, in in that case, you are choosing to play in a safe, sane and consensual way or you know the risks associated with the thing you're about to do but you consent to doing them in which uh, case you are choosing to be to, to have an approach of risk-averse consensual kink. You can google and read a bit more about this but I think this what I explained to you is kind of enough for, for the beginnings. It's, it's just how you choose to play whether you play it safe or you understand it's risky and you both are taking the risks. That's it. Knowing the risks is your responsibility. You didn't know the risk, well, that's on you. You should know the risks of whatever it is that you're about to do. Two more things about safety that I want to talk about is check out on Google areas you should or should not hit in BDSM play. Uh, I don't, just go to Google and type in something like BDSM spanking safe areas or, or something like that and you'll find plenty of images explaining what are places that are safe to hit. Like like ass for example, most of it is pretty safe but also you have to like, understand that right above the ass is pretty dangerous and there, there are many places on, on a body you should never hit especially if it's with a belt and if it's anything serious. So do that research, don't fuck people up you can you can do some organ damage if you if you hit a person in the wrong place and uh, the last thing about safety that I want to talk about or not the second to last be really careful when learning from BDSM porn people doing BDSM porn they know what they're doing and sometimes they are showing things that aren't uh, that safe. For example, sometimes you will see a rope around the girl's neck in some bondage uh, videos. I would strongly 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 suggest about against putting a rope around girl's neck in, in, any, in any way ever. So seriously, don't do that I can't say ever, maybe you get really advanced and you know what you do and you have several people around you making sure nothing goes wrong. But it's it's a really dangerous thing, it's what many beginners do and you can see that in porn videos, do not put rope around a girl's neck when you tie her up. That shit is, the, if I'm not mistaken, the number one cause of death in BDSM play. But the last thing I want to tell about BDSM safety is the ability to say stop. Make sure the girl is always able to say stop. So if you use things like ball gag or anything else that stops her from talking, make sure she has a way to let you know that you should stop whatever it is that you are doing. A very simple and popular approach is to have either a girl just says "uh-uh," that means fucking stop, and you stop immediately, or you might have her holding something in her hand, and as soon as she lets it go, that's it. You you stop. It's it's she she has given a signal. You stop and and whatever you were doing, and you make sure she's all right. Now that you know. The, the basics of the scene planning. You understand the reverse pyramid of pleasure and pain and you know about the safety. Uh, let's talk about the little black box or the thing where wherever it is that you store your sex toys or whatever you have and uh, I can just give you a few ideas about what I have there and uh, maybe you will find an inspiration to go to a store and buy something. So, first of all, I like rope and I have a lot of rope in my apartment. Not, not, a, ro- not a lot, but like I have some red and some black that I dyed myself. Um, you can start with having just one 8-meter piece of rope, and that's. That it would be fine for a lot of very simple things, maybe two two pieces of eight me two two eight meter pieces of rope. I like having four ropes, each eight meters long. It allows me to do a lot of things with the girl. I can I can play in very many different ways with four ropes, eight meters each. I think if you want to learn bondage, that's a good. Um, it's a good set to have to learn, but you can definitely start with an 8 meter rope. Uh, if you buy your rope, and uh, so there are several ways you can get the rope. You can go to a sex shop and buy some rope, but most of the stuff there will be pretty shitty. Uh, you can order online some good uh, bondage rope, that's definitely doable, can be a bit pricey. What I did, I for the first times when I bought rope, I just went to the hardware store and I got a six millimeter jute rope, a bunch of it. I went, I just googled how to treat your rope, how to when you buy a rope you have to treat it, you have to make it, prepare it for play, and it can take several days. So I liked do, I like to do shit like that. So I went explored and I learned how to do that. If you don't really want to do that, just get a rope that's ready for play. I think a lot of uh, good uh, bondage rope uh, stores online will have that. Or worst case scenario, but this is seriously the worst case scenario. Go to your local sex shop and buy some rope. But I really advise against it. It's like, I think... It's a better option to go to a hardware store and prepare the rope by yourself than than to go to the sex shop and buy the ropes that they have there. Most sex shops have really shitty ropes. Um, So yeah, that's the rope. Other than that, some must-haves in my black box. Definitely black latex gloves because you can do a lot with gloves. The spanking gets way more interesting when you have gloves on, or in general, sex, choking a chick with a black glove on or it's just it's hot as fuck in my opinion. So if you like that idea, just get a box of black latex gloves. You can get them from a, a medical supply store or something like that. Probably you can order them online on Amazon. Definitely a ball gag. I love ball gags. They look incredible. It's just a a very nice thing to have. I love blindfolds. Um, Blindfolds if you're starting out and uh, I really suggest by the way using blindfolds. It will make a girl feel more open and you might feel a bit more open about Unconfident as well. Uh, so if you if you if you kind of feel yourself unconfident during play and, and uh, yeah, then use blindfolds. Close the girl's eyes, and I don't know. She will feel much uh, more free if she can't see shit. Uh, of course, the belt. We always have that one. Floggers, floggers are very nice. I have I have two floggers, and I love using both of them. Uh, Sometimes both at the same time, both not at the same time, but both in the same evening. Sometimes just one. Floggers are a nice thing. And my latest addition to my black box, or it's rather it's a black closet, (laughs) is a mask. It's it's a mask. It's like a full face mask uh, where she can't see shit. There's just one hole uh, where her mouth is and that's it. I love that thing. It just seeing a girl in that thing just puts me in a whole different space. But well, whatever rocks your boat. And uh, of course, I have to mention uh, Doxy. Uh, it's or it's very similar to Hitachi Magic Wand. Whichever you have in your country, buy that. Uh, I think Hitachi Magic Wand is available in U.S. and in Europe, Doxy might be the best thing to get. Yes, it will set you back around 100 euro, maybe even more like 130, but it's an incredible toy if uh, you really want to get into BDSM. That's one of the things I highly, highly suggest buying. What you shouldn't use. You should not use anything with knots on the end. Like there are floggers where each strand has a uh, knot on the end, so don't do that. It's You have to know really well what you're doing with, you, with it. To use it, you can really fuck someone up. Don't use whips. Whips are pretty dangerous when you're starting out and you don't know how to use them properly. Um, A bit more serious stuff, but you can still use it and that's pretty amazing, but you have to Google about safety first. So things like cloth pins that you use to hang uh, your laundry when when you're done with the laundry, when you hang it, when it dries. Uh, Yeah, those things are pretty incredible, but Google about safety when using them because... Uh, you can't leave them on for too long but you can do amazing things with them. I highly suggest uh, experimenting with it once you once you're done with the basics. And another thing that's pretty hardcore but you should definitely explore safety before you use it is a phone charger cable. It's an incredible Thing to spank people with. It's incredibly painful so be careful with it and it can leave pretty bad bruises. So seriously explore safety before you do any of this more serious stuff. And let's talk about the probably most asked question about BDSM is how to have a conversation with the girl about this. Should you do it in the set? Should you do this on the date? When should you talk about BDSM? And let me remind you of a very, very simple day game rule to anyone who has asked, should you talk about this in the set or during the date? If you still haven't understood the basic rule of If you feel you can start talking about sex, don't talk about it. Start escalating physically and moving towards sex. If you don't get this, then, well, fuck, you have a long way ahead of you until you will understand day game. That's very, very bad. So, definitely I do not suggest talking about anything like that during the set or during the date until your open to lay ratio is about one out of uh, I don't know one out of sixty maybe so one layout of every 60 opens you do. I will soon make a video about uh, day game stats expectations and what does that mean about your game But until you get to 1 out of 60, you should stick to the basics and to the basic rules. So you should never talk about BDSM in sets and on dates. Why do I get questions like this? Because I often tell the stories about how I had a set with a chick. And all set we were talking about BDSM, drugs and, and bondage and crazy shit. Yes, but that's a bit different approach to day game. That's not until you get to at least one out of 60. You should never ever do that. And honestly, I don't talk about uh, BDSM that much before having sex. First of all, many things are said uh, between the lines or many things are understood from the way you look at the girl. You don't have to tell her anything. So what I do, I will go on a date I will sleep with the, with the girl and while having sex, I will just see how she reacts to stuff. I will choke her. Uh, almost all girls react very well to choking. I will spank her maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more. I will see how she reacts to that. If she reacts good to that, I will take a latex glow. I will spank her some more. Uh, I will take my belt I will fuck her from behind uh, with the belt around the neck. Uh, Don't loop it through the loop though, because that's dangerous. Again, just to hold her in in place. See how she reacts. It's calibration. It's the same as it's in opening, in the set, on a date. You have to calibrate. You would go one step further. You're on. You're one step further. You see how she reacts and you back off. If she reacts good, the next thing you do, you go a bit further. If she reacted bad, you go either one step back or do the same, try the same thing again, or you realize that's not her thing. So I don't think you should talk about BDSM with the girl. And if you do, you will miss a lot of lays. Over escalating verbally is one of the main reasons I've lost some lays. I was just. I just didn't give a fuck at all. I would just talk about everything and when it came time to escalate boom nothing would work. All of a sudden she has to go even though we are at my place. But I didn't escalate physically so she thought oh there is no sexual threat. I should go to this place and boom as soon as I start escalating physically she leaves. So don't talk about this. Experiment. Just do your stuff and see how she reacts. That is a way how you will filter who you will play with in a BDSM manner and who you will just have regular sex with. Because obviously you have to pick who you are playing with. I don't like doing BDSM, BDSM stuff with all chicks because I like different types of sex. When I'm in a mood for one type I'll meet this girl that's perfect for this thing. When I'm in a mood for something else I'll meet another girl. Uh, maybe if I'm in a really chilled out mood, I'll meet with a girl who's absolutely not into BDSM and is really... I don't know... Uh, however you want to call it, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, it's a great way to filter and understand who, which girl is good for what stuff. But what I have done and what I do is I have stuff lying around in my apartment. Right now in my Airbnb in Riga, when you walk in the bedroom <laughs> there are like 10 ropes laying on, on, uh, on, uh, on a table and obviously they see that and they ask questions and next to those ropes there is a ball gag, there is a blindfold. But uh, yeah, you can do shit like that. If you have ropes, if you play with ropes, then have those ropes laying around in a visible place Uh, or if you have any other accessories, like, I don't know, ball gag might be a a bit too much, but if you have some simple stuff like uh, something for like a flogger or ropes, you can have that laying around in your place and that can indicate uh, to the girl what's about to happen or what has a likelihood of happening. The conversation I do have with the girl is when I understand that she is into BDSM, we've done some stuff, and I understand I wanna play some more with her, I wanna do some things not with her, but to her, as Merlin Manson said, I will have a conversation with uh, the help of BDSM Submissive Checklist. BDSM Submissive Checklist. Is, oh, I don't use it for submissives because having a submissive in BDSM, like a written out submissive agreement or a slave agreement, in my opinion, that's kind of like a relationship. So I don't, I don't want to do that. But I still have the conversation with the girls to know what they're into, and I haven't published the checklist I use, but I will, I will publish the BDSM submissive checklist. So. Just uh, if you are on a mailing list, I'll just send it out to everyone whenever I finish it because I have to touch up my uh, checklist. I have to add some things, remove some things and uh, I I will send it to everyone on mailing list. So if you are on a mailing list, don't worry, you'll get it. It's basically an Excel sheet with a bunch of activities uh, in an alphabetical order and uh, I'm opening mine. My checklist right now that I usually use, and it has uh, four um, four columns. Uh, well, first is activity, so whatever is the activity you're you're talking about. The second is has she done it? Yes or no, and is she interested in it? And there are options of no, and then zero to five. No means no, never under no circumstances, and then like zero to five. Zero being, like, really, no, I don't like it, but once in a while we can do that. And five being, hell yeah, I want to do that. And then there's a fourth one, which is just comments. And it has things like ball gags, anal sex, blowjobs, collars, deep throating, face fucking, uh, face slapping, uh, ice play, taking photos of the girl, taking videos of the girl, taking photos of the girl that I'm just keeping for my use or can I use them publicly like post in a group chat and shit like that? Is she okay with being spanked spanked light? Is she okay with being spanked heavy or with a belt or with a uh, flogger? Is she fine or interested in threesomes with another chick, with another guy? Is she interested in orgies? All of this stuff. The one that I have open right now has uh, 48 activities, but I will update it with uh, many more activities for sure before I send it out. So I will have a conversation about this checklist with any girl that I will do anything more serious, uh, any, any, any serious BDSM stuff. Why would I do this? Well, it's uh, if she is into BDSM, I need to know what she is and what she isn't up to. I need to basically understand what she consents to, what are the activities that I can do to her or not, and we can have a deep conversation about all of that. Is basically. She says, you can do all these things with me. I'm fine with those. And then there are a couple of things that, yeah, you kind of can do that. I'm not a big fan. Let's do it once in a while. Or, and like, never do these things. And if she is not experienced in BDX, BDSM, then I use the same checklist. I might remove some more hardcore stuff or not. Uh, because I like to leave the hardcore stuff on. Because if there is something that really surprises her, and she's like, oh no, I would never do that she sees the hardcore stuff, but then she will be more open about other things that aren't as extreme because she saw the really crazy shit. (laughs) And then girls seeing things like that. Girls are kind of shy about that stuff sometimes as well. So them seeing all those things kind of helps them open up and have a conversation about this a bit. So if she is inexperienced, my goal for the checklist is to explore her sexuality. I want to see what she has done what she hasn't done and I want her to think about what might she be interested in. So that's that's the way I use it. I find things she has never done, uh, is interested and I just uh, bring those experiences to the girl. My probably biggest uh, turn on is uh, finding girls that are fairly kind of good girls and haven't done any crazy shit but are curious about more hardcore stuff and opening their world up to the world of BDSM and more hardcore stuff. Like I've had a girl who has had sex with just a few guys. Uh, She wouldn't give a blowjob because she was too shy for a long time. And uh, yeah, it just was very, very simple. We dated for around two years and uh, in the end she was deep-throating squirting all over my airbnbs and just doing crazy shit we've had uh, a threesome with her with another girl and this girl was a shy cute very innocent looking well not innocent looking but very very shy and inexperienced girl when we met and when we stopped seeing each other she was just she knew shit (laughs) a few important things about the checklist well there are things that are into bdsm Well, no, I I would say there are things that are into hard sex and spanking, but aren't necessarily into BDSM and they are not submissive. And those chicks will sometimes say, ah, I just, I don't want to do the checklist. Uh, Like, why would I do that? What the fuck is this shit? And in general, they are not good at submitting, not good at following orders. They just like to be fucked hard and they just like to be spanked. Well, this is where I draw my line, this is where I keep my frame and if she is not fine with doing the checklist, like I'm fine with her not doing the checklist once, twice, but if she really doesn't do the checklist, I will not play with her. We will have sex, I can fuck her, I can spank her a little bit, but I will not do the hardcore stuff with her because I have to know what she's fine with, what she isn't fine with. I need to have the conversation for me to enjoy our time together. And if she really doesn't do that, yeah, we will just have, we're not doing the BDSM, the crazy stuff. She will have to be fine with doing the simpler stuff. If she doesn't like it, that's her problem. That's just like a girl saying, Oh, let's go to this bar instead of the one you like. And you say, Oh, no, let's meet at this bar. And she keeps insisting on going to this one particular bar, perhaps an expensive cocktail bar. Well, if you go there, then that's on you, that's your mistake, that's your problem, you lost the frame. And I view it the same. I have things I like, and if I will play with someone, it will be on my terms or we will not play. That being said, I've had only a few girls that didn't do the checklist. Uh, Maybe like one or two. And one of them I think will still do the checklist after I see her one or two more times. Another girl that didn't do the checklist, or she did it in the beginning, but then we didn't see each other for like a year, and then we started seeing each other now when the COVID thing started, and she wouldn't do the checklist again, and uh, she would be bratty, like I would, I would make her do stuff, and she would behave like a princess, and uh, she'd say like, oh, you would have to surprise me, you would have to do something really interesting with me today, because I'm kind of in a, in, a, in a mood like that. And I just uh, I just didn't fuck her. I stopped everything and I just didn't sleep with her because she was behaving like a princess. I explained, I hate when girls do that. Uh, she knows me well enough to know that uh, I, I don't like bratty girls. And uh, five minutes later, uh, she completely changed her attitude, became very submissive and we had an amazing night. But you have to keep your frame and understand that some girls are not into being submissive on BDSM or will not do the checklist. But if they don't do the ch- checklist, then be careful what you're doing with them because you don't know their limits and some of the stuff, some of the things in BDSM are pretty hardcore. There are endless discussions about what BDSM is and what it isn't and as in any category you, you have different uh, sides and they or different parties that keep arguing between themselves and just as in day game there are different ways to do day game and guys keep arguing about it and whereas in day game i think you can prove the effectiveness of one approach or another by your open to lay ratio of course taking into consideration things like how ethical is your game but in video same i think uh, well, who cares about what you call BDSM or, or it's just two people having fun. Uh, in this podcast, I just explained to you the stuff you have to know to start uh, getting into it. And the more you will explore it, the, the more you will discover what BDSM means for you because it means very, very different things for, for many people. For some people, it's about creating a, building a great connection with their sub for others, it's uh, depersonalizing their sub and really viewing them as a sex toy, and those are different approaches that exist at the same time, and they're both fine. So, deeper you will go, the the more you will understand what it means for you. And uh, when I started, when I first started exploring BDSM, and I was in a relationship, it was with a girl, I had moments where I asked myself Robert where are your limits when are you gonna stop when are you going to say this is too crazy because one thing BDSM teaches you very very fast is there are some activities that you might find disgusting or way too crazy and you might say normal people don't do that shit well there are some people who look at the stuff you like or you want to do and they say oh, that's disgusting, that's crazy, a normal person wouldn't do that. So one thing you learn very fast is uh, whatever you consider crazier than what you're used to, is strange for you And, and a lot of people view things you like as strange and actually they're not strange. Each person in the community of BDSM has his or her view on the things and that's completely fine. Uh, And you just have to explore what BDSM means for you and where it can take you. Well, earlier in this podcast, I gave you an example scenario what you can do with the girl. And it's a scenario you can pretty much try with any girl and just see how she reacts, see how far you can take it. So what I want to encourage you to do is the next time you meet a girl, whether that's uh, the first date or whether it's one of your regulars, experiment with something a bit more hardcore. Try spanking her. Try seeing how she reacts to choking. Or if you know she's fine with choking and spanking, see how she reacts when you slap her face. Just explore. But uh, what I want you to do is think right now about the next time you know you will meet a girl think what is the one new thing you could try with that girl and before we wrap up this podcast let's go over some questions i got in the email from you guys some of the questions were about how to start talking about this with the girl so we will not go over that we've done that but um, uh, one question was about a guy who is a switch and in the bdsm world the switch means Sometimes he likes to dominate and sometimes he likes to be submissive. And uh, he says, more recently I had a couple of bad experiences with bottoming, which is, which means being a submissive, and then read on some pickup red pill sites that women lose attraction and respect if you do any subbing with them. So now I only dome with the woman I meet through cold approach or Tinder and every now and then I feel an itch to sub. But then I go to a pro. Is this the right approach? Well, first of all, the first mistake is uh, don't uh, read too much, pick up on red pill sites. That's just, uh, I know this guy has been struggling a lot with day game. And uh, that's one of the red flags about why guys struggle because they read nonsense bullshit on pick up on red pill sites, uh, especially like uh, forums. So don't read too much about it. Um, So that's one. Another thing is uh, don't meet girls through Tinder because well that's shit frame and why would you do that? Just get your game in order. But let's get down to the question of uh, subbing or being submissive. Um, People who don't know much about BDSM they will have opinions about what is good and what is bad but uh, if you ask the same question in a forum that is not about Red Pill or Pickup but it's about BDSM, the same. You could get better responses. So I think, first of all, this is like asking a dating question in a in a pickup website or a pickup question in a dating in a in like a dating coaching website, like which is about relationships. So don't ask relationship questions in in the pickup forums or pickup chats. Yeah. Uh, It's definitely not the right approach. So uh, find someone who is really deeper in the BDSM community and and talk to them about this uh, question. I personally don't know much about uh, uh, subbing, so I can't answer your question, but all I can say is stop reading and... (laughs) Talking to people in, in pick up on Red Bull forums because most of it is just guys who aren't getting results and uh, they can't give you any real advice other than oh you like what the fuck you're subbing that's 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 so bad girls lose attraction to you this is so low volume yeah no you know what I'm talking about I know this doesn't answer your question but it uh, points you in the right direction. And from all the questions that I got, another one that I think is worth answering is uh, how to find local BDSM community and get involved. Well, I don't hang out with many other people, especially when it comes to BDSM. I, yeah, I hang out with girls that I sleep with, but other than that, I've met only Flame Hell, which is a guy who runs Latvian BDSM community and i've met a girl who was teaching me bondage she was really good uh, really good at bondage I, we were following each other on instagram so we met for just for a drink just to talk about stuff and i she agreed to teach me some bondage so those are pretty much the almost the only people i know from the community i i don't hang around there uh, i don't know whether i'm interested in interested in hanging around there That being said, I know what to do if you want to get in the community. So take this with a grain of salt, but what you do in every city, there are things called, they're called Munch, or like local coffee things, where the local King community come, they, they all come together to just, I don't know, have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee in a public place, and it's open to everyone. So you can show up to one of those things. And get to know people there. And uh, once you hit it off with people there, you can get invited to other events, whether it's maybe classes, but uh, classes are usually open to people, but you can get invited to bondage events, to play parties, etc. But there is a really important thing you have to understand if you show up to a coffee thing, as a solo guy with no girls, I mean, you understand it's a really big red flag and uh, it's not that good of a thing to do. So if you are showing up there, make sure you have at least one, preferably more than one girls with you, then they know you're not just a creepy guy looking to bank some checks and sees this as an opportunity. And if you go to any parties like bondage or play parties, it's always better to bring a few girls with you. Uh, it just puts you in a better light and it just, uh, yeah, not, no red flags, no red flags. And the last thing I want to say is um, explore. Uh, go watch some BDSM porn. Start with things like Sex and Submission or King.com. And see the stuff they're doing there and just figure out what, what it is that you're interested in. And you can even write down things you're interested in and then start trying those things with girls, preferably after having a conversation about the checklist. And you might realize it's not really for you or you might uh, realize it's a rabbit hole and one day you might end up asking yourself a question, how deep does the rabbit hole go? When, when does it stop? When I will say it's too much? Well, guys, I hope this podcast has been helpful for you. And if you know a friend or two who are interested in trying out stuff in BDSM, or are interested in the topic and would benefit from the podcast, then just send them the link to this episode. That's it, guys. Have a great day. Bye.